Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Relationship Theory. I'm your co-host Tom Bilyeu, and I'm here with my lovely wife Lisa, who I got to spend basically the last 10 days with. Happy it's been New Year! Amazing. Happy New Year 2019, indeed. baby. Yeah, buddy. One day that's going to sound ridiculously outdated. <laughs> I know. But right now it sounds futuristic. Yeah. Happy New Year to everyone listening yes. and hope that they've got um, great, incredible plans for 2019. Indeed. Um, and we have a review of the week that I, you're it. going to read All this right, time. Here we go. I've been enlisted to read this. All right. The first one is from G Dimes is what it looks like. I love impact theory, but by far the most helpful and applicable to my life are the Relationship Theory podcasts. It's so insightful to hear how two successful people work to create a healthy partnership and share tips on how I can integrate pieces into my own life. This has been such a game changer in my relationship, and one of my favorite things to do each week is to listen to Relationship Theory with my partner and discuss areas of our relationship that we can improve on. Tom and Lisa are so relatable, and we often laugh about how similar we are to them. We need more people talking about how to sustain healthy relationships, and this is such a good listen. Definitely recommended to couples looking to reflect and dive deeper into the ins and outs of their relationship. That's a good one. Nice. I like that. Thank yeah. you for that. Thank you. And um, in case you guys don't know, we are now reading our weekly reviews. Um, that is definitely one place that we're really, really gunning for is more reviews, more comments. Yeah, it helps us get in front of more people. So if you want to talk about climbing up the rankings and we have a 2019 goal i want to get the podcast into the top 100 podcasts on all of itunes that would be amazing and the way that we're going to do that is by getting in front of more people yeah and so it'd be super helpful so if we've added value that would be an amazing yeah. way to rate and review, say rate things. and review. Um, and another thing for relationship theory for 2019 is we are thinking about possibly bringing it back to YouTube. Mm, um, so I'm not sure how we find out from people if they want it on YouTube or not, but that is something that we're planning to do um, coming up. We haven't really yeah, set anything yet, but stay tuned. Yes. Right. Um, Without further ado. Yeah, let's answer the first question. All right. This is from Dylan Witzel. I'm wondering how I can encourage my significant other to begin with self-development. I know how much it has impacted my life, but she is seemingly fully content with being average. Well, I want everything life has to offer. I'm extremely happy with her, but I'd just love to be able to grow ourselves together. What can I do? It's so fascinating that this is one of those questions that we get a lot, mm -hmm. is how do I help someone in my life um, grow? Yes. Because, yeah. 
Well, why'd you start? Oh, I was was just going to say, because, you know, for us, it really has, we've had to navigate in sometimes where I'm, um, if I've been struggling, like you're trying to help me get through it, but ultimately like it has to be done by that person. So how do you make someone feel supported and at the same time, encourage them to get better or do better? Yeah. So this question haunts my dreams because there are people that I love very much that I have just been unable to get them to want it. And so over the years, I've been beaten down and realized that without dedicating my entire life to that person, I just can't want it for people. And I only put the caveat of without dedicating my life because I need to believe that if I dedicated my entire life to it, that I could pull it off, but that would clearly be a waste Mm -hmm. uh, of my energies. And so I've devoted myself to the people Um, putting it out there for the people that want it can come and partake. Now that isn't a good answer when it's a relationship. That's, that's the hard part. That's why this question is like it. I so want to give a compelling answer, but here is the truth of what I know about human nature. The only thing that you can do is be an insanely good example for that person so that they see that you have joy in moments that they do not have joy, that you are impervious to something that they find devastatingly stressful or anxiety producing, and you're able to weather those storms by um, being very calm through some of that. And I, I think, one, I never want to take credit from you. You are extraordinary, and you want it for yourself, and I've never wanted it for you. Um, you've always been the driving force of that. Now. Having said that, I think that I naturally started on the journey a little bit before you. I started Mm -hmm. reading and researching the mind and everything before we even met. And that was probably one of the things you gravitated towards was it made sense to you that I was doing those things. So there was no need for me to convince you on that. So I I don't want to take that away. But I think that the reason that, um, that you gravitated towards the way that I was was I had... Um, emotional equilibrium in times where you were very stressed out or something would knock you off. And so it was like, okay, how are you staying even keel through all of this? And knowing that that's a big thing, that that's going to draw people to you, that's huge. And then the other is when I really think back to what you and I did to influence each other massively, it is reward and punishment. And there's, I almost don't want this to be true, even though I know that that people move towards what they want more of and they move away from things that they don't. And so that, that is a reality. And you and I were naked in showing our pleasure and displeasure. And that is how you shape somebody. And the reality is I can already feel the like pushback that we're going to get on this, but it is the truth. And that's the thing that like, I was going to say is that people do it to each other all the time. They just don't admit it. Yeah. 100%, yeah. right? Uh, it's like, okay, you want to do something nice for someone, like to make them feel good. Like, let's say a woman on her, on her partner's birthday, the, the chances are they're going to give them sex, right? Let's just call it a spade a spade because they're like, it's going to make him happy. So we know, we as in humans, not just women, we know exactly how to play the other person. We just don't want to actually admit it and say it out loud. And what we've done is actually admit it, say it out loud and use it together to really shape who we want as a partner and then what we want as a couple with no, like I actually think that it's the secretiveness that makes it bad, right? It's like, I see your tactics every time you do it and I admire them and I respect them. Every time I see them, I'm like, good play, Mr. Billy, because yeah, you've given me what I'm looking for. So you've encouraged me to do it more. And I think it's very important to say that I told you from the jump that the only um, 
game that I'll ever play with you is that I'll be completely transparent. So the only mm, um, manipulation that I'll use is that I'll tell you when I'm manipulating right. you. Because I never wanted you to feel that the unseen hand on the chessboard. And in my life and business, the one lesson I learned is even though there are definitely times where you can position people and even when it's for their own good, you can position them in a way where they're going to grow and do the things that they need to do and all that. If they don't know exactly what you're doing and why you're doing it, it just makes them uneasy. Yeah. And so always telling each other, Hey, here's what I'm doing. I want like now I'm going to not use words like we use. I'm going to use the actual words. Hey, I love that when you do that, it makes me feel X, Y, Z way. I want to see more of that. So I want to make sure that I'm giving you the praise and attention that you need for that thing. And even asking like, what is that? Like, what would you Mm -hmm. like receive? I hate that word, but like, what would you receive and really hear and understand if I were to do that right now? And so for instance, something that's very meaningful to you that I never would have known if you hadn't just told me is make me heat up the hot water for me every morning. That was super meaningful to you. It made you feel um, appreciated. Cool. Well, then I'm going to make sure that I do that. And then what are the things that I want that are meaningful to me that make me feel loved and cared for? Um, Oh God, I've, I have long held back on this confession um, on the show, which is funny because I would talk about this privately with absolutely no hesitation oh, whatsoever. I'm so curious now. The way that you got me to be interested in shopping oh. was <laughs> I would get to go in the changing room. And so that for me was when they would let us, obviously. That for me was always fun. Yeah, I, I love seeing you try on sexy clothes. I love um, seeing you uh, <laughs> naked. You know, so it was like that was how you got me excited. So then it was like, oh, I want to pick out clothes that I want to see you try on. So that became like how we, like you would just say very expressly like, hey, come in the changing room with me so that we can make this a sexy moment for right. you. And then I was like, well, shit, like if we're going to be doing that, then yeah, I'm fully on board. So, and the same when you're trying on clothes, I know what words will make you feel good about yourself, right? If I said like, oh, baby, you look so cute in that. There's no way in hell you're ever going to try something. Yeah, you would burn it immediately. But if it was something I really wanted you to try on, and I actually, because one thing, we don't lie to each other. So if I really wanted you to try something on and I hated it, I wouldn't try and like, well, he tried it on, so I need to encourage him like I would still be honest with the fact that I hated it but if you tried something on and I thought wow this really looks good on him I know what words to use to make you feel good like babe you look like your muscles like it's really tight on your chest and it looks really great or your arms look fantastic I just want to touch your arms like giving you the encouragement that you hear that then makes you go you know what kind of when we went shopping last time like it it felt really good so using those types of techniques tactics and techniques on each other with, with full transparency. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Yeah. It's weird to me that, that, um, it's like a weird thing for people, but reward things you want to see more of and punish. And that word, I, if there is a different word, by Uh, all means drop in the comments, I would love to hear it. But it's like, when you don't want something, A, you need to communicate it. It doesn't have to be mean or cruel or anything. Like, that is not what I mean by punish. I just mean that you make it very clear that you don't want that again, that you don't want more of that. Um, And so, for instance, if you have a partner and the partner is... Um, they're mean spirited about something and, or they, um, God, they're just doing a behavior that is, it, it doesn't foster the relationship. You need to walk away from it. You need to not do, you could even do, here's a great example of a punishment. So if you and I were playing video games and, and use I use a punishment quote unquote, yeah, quote unquote, yeah. well said. 
So, because I want people to understand this isn't being verbally abusive to somebody. That's, I'm not talking about that. Jesus, I'm definitely not talking about spanking or anything like that. Yeah. I'm talking about not where... encouraging. Right. No. So if, if you and I were playing video games and I were um, verbally abusive or putting you down or saying, you suck, I can't believe, like you're holding us back. Okay, that's clearly behavior you would not want to see more of. So you're saying, I'm not going to play with you now because you're not making me feel good about myself. And if I said, I'm so sorry, no, 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 stay. And you said, I get that and I really hope that that's true, but I'm done playing for today and we'll try again tomorrow or whatever. That would be a meaningful punishment to me where I'd be like, whoa, fuck, I don't want that anymore. I want to make sure that we get to play together and we get that time. It's something important to me. It's something meaningful to me. And so when I say, quote unquote, punishment, that's what I'm talking about. And then the key is then for me not to use it as a um, like a malicious tool, though, right? Like, I just want to punish him. So, no, I'm not going to play now. Yeah, like Now that's, you're getting to such important yeah, right, because, shit. But, but, but that's the thing. It's like you can't just throw it at people in that way. But we don't. We'll say, like, look, you've really hurt me. I totally understand that you didn't mean to. But I actually am a little upset right now. Um So let's just hold off till tomorrow. And if you can adjust and change, that will be amazing, right? Doing it in a calm way like that. But in a way, it's like, like, I need him to know that he really hurt my feelings. Um, Making it clear, I think. Definitely making it clear. But let's really dive into what you're saying because it's so, so, so critical. Okay. The thing that's hard to explain that has been, I think, one of the absolute keystones of our relationship and why we're able to have a high-functioning relationship, even though we work together and we've been together almost 20 years, and is that we're never abusive of the rules. We're never abusive of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So the easiest example to give is we have this saying um, where it's, um, it's important to me. You say, it's important to me, and the other person is going to drop whatever they're doing, and they're going to do that thing that's important to you. 99 times out of 100, when I say, oh, this is important to me, like, it was actually important to me, like, way earlier Mm. than I said it, and I let it go as far as I possibly could. And then I'm like, okay, now I have to say this is important to me. But each of us, what are we, two, three things a year where Mm. we're like, this is important, I need you to do it. It is really rare because we're never abusive of that. Vulnerability. You say something to somebody in a moment of deep connection um, where you're really feeling confident, secure, and so you confess something. We call it giving the keys of the kingdom. Like, hey, when I'm in this place, like this is what I'm going through, so help me out. And we've never used those things against each other. So I know your deepest insecurities, and it is a part of my personality that if you and I, for whatever reason, we ended up going our separate ways, I would never use those against you. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't even use those against you if you were using mine against me because it's not who I want to be. Mm -hmm. So having that in a relationship, that's why we can function at a high level because there's no abuse of those powers. Like in a relationship, you're giving a lot of power to the other person to hurt you, to demean you. Like those are always there. It's like this constant background, like, whoa, this person could really fuck me up. And that's how people have trust issues and not ever betraying that, like making it a cornerstone of your Mm -hmm. own personality that you don't do that. Like that is so critical and it goes all the way from like really damaging emotional shit, like not throwing somebody's insecurities back at them all the way to something like it's important to me, not abusing that, really letting it go. Another one that's so dangerous, like playing with fucking fire, 
if you're in a hormonal cycle and I think that you're acting a certain way because of that hormonal cycle, dude, if I think you're like, let's say on a scale of one to 10, at like four or five, I know, wow, this is really not like her. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to let that shit go until it's like an eight or a nine where I'm like, we passed, I thought this was a hormonal thing, literally 20 like comments ago. And now I'm going to say something and with the utmost respect, not in an aggressive way, not trying to demean you or put you down or anything like just, Hey, I really want to explore, like actually using words like this. I want to explore that maybe like this is where you're at. And I'm super open to, I'm not right about this, but keep in mind, I'm saying that when I'm so beyond convinced that like, that's why I'm bringing it up at that moment. But like, if you say it the second it occurs to you, well, now you're going to say it some percentage of the time, even if it's only half of where you're wrong and they're not there and you've just misread, you've misinterpreted and they really do have reason to be saying it like that. Now that undermines your credibility, makes them feel like you're accusing them of something and it just begins to undermine like the, the communication and their sense of how you perceive them. With all that stuff, you have to be super careful. I'm not sure I did a great job of explaining that. But but when we first started dating and you would say something like, oh, you know, are you, is it the time of the month or something? Like immediately it was like, you know, you're using that as an excuse, right? That was my first reaction sure. when you would say, oh, it must be the time of the month. Like, no, that's just your excuse of um, saying that I shouldn't be upset. Then it evolved into like, I trust you enough to be able to be sober about whether you think this is out of character for me. And it's hard sometimes for you to see that within yourself, right? Like, especially when all the chemicals and your hormones are telling you to that what you are feeling is um, in and of itself right. It feels right, so it must be right. So having to let go of um, if it's actually right and trusting you that you can give an honest um, account And then that third step though was not just putting then all my faith into you going, well, if you're saying that I'm, I'm acting hormonally, then I must be right. That third step for me was like, okay, once now that I've let go and I'm not defensive, I don't just always want to those trust that you're always going to be right. Like I need to have thoughts of my own and think about, does this feel right? Like, is he right about it being the time of the month or is what I am thinking and feeling accurate? Because I don't just want to keep dismissing it as the time of the month either. Um, And so that's kind of where I am on that balance of things and saying, okay, well, how much do you think he's right? You trust him. So it's right to you, but do I agree with you? And for me, most of the time is really kind of just taking that time away, like spending an hour or two by myself thinking about it um, and then going back to, okay, is he right or not? The key there is isn't whether I end up being right. Cause you may go, you know what? I'm looking inside myself and it, it isn't. It's that whether upon reflection, you're like, I get why he thinks that Yeah, he's wrong and he's right. wrong for these reasons, right. but I get why it seems in this moment out of character. And if a hundred percent of the time you're like, I get why he's thinking that then you're fine. Mm-hmm. It's when it's like, God, he's, He's using that to try to shut me down. That's where it becomes a problem. And if you know that my motives are never to shut Mm -hmm. you down, they are like, I've let it go as far as to where I'm like, there's nothing left for me to say with my ability to understand you. It is the only option I have left is to vocalize. I think that's where we're at now. That may be the key that finally gives you the way to explain it to me. So, oh, I can see why I'm wrong, Mm -hmm. but it's like, you know, I'm not trying to hurt you with Mm -hmm. it. You know, I'm not trying to shut you down with it. 
and that I'm very open to being wrong if I have simply misread something or not fully understood why that moment has the elevated intensity that it has. And that's the key. Like that, like all of this, the last seven minutes has been me trying to get at that, that the other person always knows because you act so consistently that you're not trying to hurt them. You're not trying to demean them. You're not trying to shut them down and that you're never abusing a tool that the other person gives you. Mm-hmm. And like, that's super important. Like for instance, the letter that I gave you to read to me when I would get pissed off, you didn't read it every time I got pissed. No. It, in fact, you only had to read it to me one time. And that is the, the critical thing is when you lower your defenses to somebody and you open yourself up to them, every moment thereafter is about shaping each other into becoming, because look, almost certainly in the early days, you're going to fuck up. And you are in your own moment of weakness going to use something against them in some way, shape or form. And in those moments as a couple, you need to stop and have a really, once the emotion has dissipated, Mm -hmm. you need to have a really serious conversation about that is an act of like almost criminal offense in the relationship to do something like that. And you have to be really, really careful. If you own your own business, when an employee leaves your company, whether on good terms or bad, it can feel, I hate to say it, but it actually can feel personal, like you and you alone are the one to blame. And it actually may even trigger you to lock down your business, not open yourself up and not actually risk trying anyone else. Like you actually would your heart after a bad breakup and avoid looking for that new partner altogether. Well, let's face it, sometimes we can do that with highs as well. And trust me, guys, I've been there. I get the thought of bringing in a new stranger into your business actually fills your heart with more anxiety than it does love and joy. But when you post your jobs on LinkedIn, you can actually feel the confidence that you will find the right person for the right job fast because LinkedIn isn't actually just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion billion with a B professionals, which makes it the best place to hire because guys, it gives you access to professionals that you actually can't find anywhere else. And so LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive, which then makes hiring with confidence easy when you have that many quality candidates. And it's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. So post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash Lisa. That's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply. As an entrepreneur, one of the biggest challenges you will face is a negative voice in your head. You know who I'm talking about. That may be not so small part of you that loudly doubts your abilities to actually pull the things off and make a living from your passion project. But you've got to overcome that negative voice in your head, homie, because I'm telling you, you can do it especially if you use Shopify. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From launching your business to hitting a million dollars, Shopify has got you completely covered. And with all the built-in Magic AI award-winning customer service and the internet's best converting checkout, you have everything you need to shut down the voice of doubt and make all your amazing business dreams a reality. That's exactly why, guys, I love Shopify. So if you want to start growing your business with more customers and sales, shut that negative voice down and prove her wrong that you can do it, Shopify is here for you. So go and sign up for just $1 a month with your trial period at shopify.com slash Lisa 
all lowercase. Again, guys, you can go to shopify.com slash Lisa right now to grow your business no matter where you are and what stage it's in. That's shopify.com slash Lisa. Yeah. Um... I, w- I literally could keep going on with this. Mm. I don't even know if we actually answered the poor guy's thing. Um, so, ad- in fact, let's go back to this question because there was one thing that he said that I was like, interesting. Um, I know how much it has impacted my life, but she's seemingly fully content with being average. Mm. I want to know if that's his perspective or she actually said that. Because That's his perspective. Yeah. So, like, I think they need to have that conversation. Like, it feels like you want to live X type of life with no judgment though, right? Because again, like if let's say average is a nine to five, does their job, comes home and then goes out, enjoys their food, dinner, time with friends. Let's say that's a, um, a typical life, let's say. Um, maybe that's what she wants. And the way he's at least in this saying it is like average is bad. And I think they need to clarify that. I think they need to really sit down and say, what life are you looking for? What life do you want? And what life do I want? Because when, as time has gone on with me and you, I recognize, I it, leave me to my own devices, I would not build a studio. Like, I just wouldn't. I wouldn't have, like, the the way of thinking about it. It's not where my, my actual, let's say... Um, all-time goal is I like I want to win an Academy Award um but I recognize that it and it's so grand that's what you love about it and I support it I'm on board like I'm fucking excited but I wouldn't do it by myself you would do it by yourself and I had to learn that that's okay that doesn't make me less than you that doesn't make me weaker than you that doesn't make me less interesting than you um And I had to kind of look at it. Otherwise, I was always going to compare myself. You're willing to work harder than I am. You're willing to go. I mean, God, not that we're not all in, but, you know, you work 20 hour days consistently. Um, I just can't do that. And I'm not willing to. So um, really figuring out what your limits are, what my limits are, what your dreams are, what my dreams are, and then putting it together. Because now if I'm like, hey, I just want to watch an hour of crappy TV, you don't look at me of like, almost disgust like I can't believe you're not building this working on the studio it's like no you know that's what she's putting in and this is what I'm putting in I don't know if I'm just waffling at this point well let's get really gross now um you're absolutely right and my favorite quote is from on this subject is from Ray Dalio and he said he's the most successful hedge fund hedge fund manager of all time and he said I don't know that my life is better than somebody who just wants a nice, quiet, stress-free mm. life. I just know it's the only life I could have lived. Right. Now, that's not gross. The gross part is if you're crazy. with somebody that lives a life that you don't value and you don't want to be with somebody who lives a life that you don't value, that's also not wrong. And so this is you where it gets... gross? I, I think... No, no, no. I'm saying this is going to be potentially hard for him to think through. Oh. It may just be that you value two different things. She's not wrong. Right. You're not right. right. But... You're right for you, and she's right for you, mm-hmm. and she may be wrong for you. And that's the hard part. It's like, if he wants to be with somebody, like now that I've had a partner who, ironically, the same partner, was a housewife, and that was her pursuit, mm-hmm. versus now being fully engaged as an entrepreneur and all that, it I, I couldn't go back. Interesting. So I have lived both of those lives 
and I feel so much more connected to you mm. and it would be, I wouldn't want to go back. So that is, that's just a reality for me. So even if I was just as happy. Yeah. Cause in the past you've said you wouldn't go back because of my happiness, but I don't think you've ever actually said it for that reason. Yeah. I mean, look to really be crazy. If you were like, I'm done with this, I want to tap out. Of course. Yeah. Right. But if I were back in the situation of now I'm having to decide right. and do I want to, Hey, I really connect with this woman, but she's not interested in pursuit and she's mm-hmm. living the, his version of an average life. Um, yeah, I wouldn't pursue that. Yeah. And I think that's so important. And I think that that's one thing that might be missing from this whole thing is, um, what type of life does she actually want? And does she know how he feels about that? It's a great point. So I'm going to try to package this up and then we should move on. So and package it up for him to make usable decisions. Mm. So one, decide what you're looking for in a partner. Two, decide if, if you really want to try to shape her. I think we've already covered that with the reward and punishment. Um, and then three, you've got to really make a decision about whether you're going to invest in that and go down that road of trying to shape the person um, because that is, that's, a, that's a heavy, heavy commitment and will force you to communicate in the way that you're talking about where everything's got to be communicated, everything's got to be defined. She has to understand what it is that you value and all of that. And you guys have to have the raw, open, honest um, talk so that you guys can figure this out because living a life of quiet desperation where you're silently judging her because you secretly mm-hmm. want to be with somebody that's more driven, like that's a nightmare for both of you. That, that is a lose-lose situation. So... Yeah, you're going to have to communicate. If you guys decide that you want to go down that path together, then you know we've already talked about how to shape people's behavior. Um, but it, it's it's a very big decision. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a big thing is, like, is it a deal breaker? Because I'm extremely happy with her, but I'd just love to be able to grow ourselves together. Like, I understand that. And I think a lot of people that listen to this get that too. But I think you need to decide, have the conversation. And if they're not willing to um, necessarily go down the the rabbit hole of like growth mindset and development and stuff like that, you have to ask yourself, is it a deal breaker in your relationship? Yes or no. And whatever you decide, you can't look back. Like if it's not a deal breaker, then you've got to let go of the fact that she, let's say, wants to be average. You can't hound her and be, you know, like strong arm her or try and convince her. Like if she's, if this is who she said she is, and this is the life she wants, you have to ask yourself, is it a deal breaker? Yes or no. And then work towards that with complete ferocity but you can't then hold it against them right it's like no i kind of want the nine to five it's like what i say all the time about you being an entrepreneur like i can't love the fact that you're driven and you've got massive ambitions and at the same time be resentful that you're not home right like if i accept the fact that you're like this the entrepreneur the hard-working guy then i can't hold anything else against you um i have to accept it and that comes with everything else And so I think that's really what he needs to do. Next question is from Misty Hal Buckley. What do you do when one person feels as if they have changed mentally and emotionally, but the other partner has stayed the same? As in developing to a more enlightened level, but the other person does not have the same want or need in their life. Is it possible for all people to grow together or do some people just inevitably grow apart? What do you do when who you are when you met is not who you are now? Yeah. So growing together, I think is if, if both people have a growth mindset, I think that they can absolutely grow together. 
Um, but I think that wants are like shifting sands. So it becomes like that is going to change. Everybody's wants and desires are going to change. And it really becomes a question of how important is it to you to be with that person forever? So for me, I prioritize our relationship. So there's no question there are things that are deal breakers. And if you wanted to go off in some crazy direction or whatever, then you know we would have to really think about that. But like, for instance, so that people understand to what extent I mean that. If tomorrow you said, hey, I have a different vision for a company that I want to build, um, it's not like I'd just be like, oh, okay, cool, whatever, go do your own thing. But if we could not come to an agreement on how to build a company together, then we would divide the money that we've allocated to build a company in two, and you would get the full right to go build your own company, and I would go build mine. Now, why is that meaningful? Because I think that that would be suicide. And the likelihood of both businesses surviving is essentially zero. And we would take an already nearly impossible task and exacerbate its difficulty level like a thousandfold. But because I need you to know in no uncertain terms we are equals in this relationship and it sounds like relationship death to me to ever give the person any inclination that you think anything other than that to the marrow of your bones that I would never make a decision to save the business or otherwise that would damage our marriage. So like I've played that out in my head a thousand times where you're like, actually, I want to go build this. What do you do? And the answer is, will you give her half the money? Like that's just abundantly clear to me. Now I would try to talk you out of it because from a business perspective, I think it's the wrong move, but like you need to know and feel that at every turn. And I'll ask, do you feel that at every turn? Yeah. And I literally was about to say, you know, in full transparency, you know, the more, I, you know, do women of impact, you did say to me, like, look, if at some point, like this, the studio doesn't feel right to you and you do want to focus on women of impact, be very aware that this is now two companies and we won't be, you know, together every day and what we have now won't exist. Um, but at no point are you ever going to say no and, you know, here's take whatever money, you know, the half the money. You've actually said that to me. And of course I turned around and was like, look, my biggest, um, not necessarily goal in life, but my biggest enjoyment is working with you, is building a, you know, a company together. So I didn't want to take that option, but you absolutely had said that. So, and I bring that up now just because like that's growing together. That's like, Mm -hmm, how do you facilitate mm -hmm. that? Is the relationship your highest priority? Mm -hmm. If the relationship is both of your highest priorities, then you talk through it. You figure out what your value systems are. What are the things that are most important for me? It's that, one of the values that I hold most high is that both of us feel, feel, not understand intellectually, but feel our equality. So when we set up impact theory, we are 50-50 partners, which is the ultimate divorce nightmare. And the actual quote that I said to the attorney setting up the company was create the ultimate divorce nightmare. Because I'm so committed to the fact that we will never get divorced that this is, and even if we did, that my belief system would kick in and half of this is yours, no matter what happens. No matter if you were, um, you cheated on me, like gross infidelity, that, eh, that doesn't change that you helped build everything that we have. So it would hurt and I would think you a bad person, uh, but it wouldn't change how I would view what we built together. So, and I want to make it clear, when you say that we won't get divorced, it's not that we would stay in a marriage where we're c- profoundly unhappy in, though. Correct. I want to it say is it. that we have thus far 
shown that we're able to navigate so that the relationship becomes the brightest, most beautiful and amazing thing in our lives. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would never stay in an unhappy marriage. Because Will well Smith, said. basically in the red table that I brought up a few episodes ago, um, he said that he he's like, oh, yeah, I, I will be completely unhappy, but I will never get divorced. Wow, and that was partly, yeah, long story, but you should watch the interview. But I was like that. To me, seems crazy. Like if I was not happy, I have one life to live, and I'm going to do everything in my power to have a great relationship. I'm going to listen to relationship podcasts. I'm going to go to therapy. I'm going to read books. I'm going to freaking try everything I possibly can to make it work. But if it still doesn't, I'm not going to live my life unhappy. Mm. So sorry, I couldn't. No, I mean I think that's really powerful, and I totally agree. Um, so yeah, that if they want to grow together, then here's what you have to do. This is the recipe. One, you're going to have to communicate Two, you're going to have to define your values so that you know, like what's important to you, what's not, what you're willing to give up, what you're not. Uh, because if you don't deal with that ahead of time, you're going to come to a crisis and you're not going to know how to deal with it because you don't know what your value system is. I've already given examples of that <clears throat> in our own life. Um, and then three, you've got to actually put this stuff into practice. So you've got to, like you said, if it's therapy, you need to go to therapy. If it's carving out time every day or every week to sit down and communicate, if it's writing things down and journaling about what your dreams are and where you guys want to go, what's your mission statement as a couple, like actively doing the things you need to do to make sure that there's ultimate clarity in your relationship, that you're actually moving towards those things that you want. Um, and I'll refer people to the Casper Craven episode that we did um, where he talked about how they were on the verge of divorce. And instead of getting mm. divorced, they sat down and they wrote a mission statement together of all the, actually before it was a mission statement, it was what are all the things that we both love doing? Just intrinsically, we love doing it. And they wrote all this stuff out and they found that 99% of it did not overlap. But there was two things in the middle where it was travel and have amazing family experiences, yeah, if I remember yeah, right. Yeah, right. And so they decide, okay, well, since... 99 things don't overlap and two things do overlap, then we're going to focus on those two things. And they decided to buy a boat and they gave themselves a date because they didn't have the money. So they were going to need to raise the money to buy this boat. And then they were going to structure, he had a business, they were going to structure the business so that he could be away for two years or whatever it was. And they ended up doing it, buying the boat, structuring the company in that way and setting sail. And for two or three years, whatever it ended up being, they sailed around the world with their children and they traveled and had amazing family experiences. And it is this extraordinary like example of how they go from almost getting divorced, like this last ditch effort to just sitting down and doing the things mm. you need to do. So allocating time to be together writing a family mission statement so that they knew what exactly it was they were trying to accomplish, um, writing out the things they each loved and cared about regardless of what the other person loved mm. and cared about, and then <clears throat> focusing on those areas of overlap mm. because they wanted to stay together. And so that's like how you do this stuff. That's how you structure this. But you have to know what you want. You have to communicate it, and you have to be working together. And if you're not doing those three things, you're really in trouble. Yeah, and I think people, <clears throat> they just try to compare not even, I don't think we even try to. I think it's inevitable. But like you look at the person next to you that's closest to you and you see how rapidly they're changing compared to you. And, you know, it can be hard either way. It can be hard when you see the person next to you, whether it's going to the gym and losing weight or if it's, you know, developing a growth mindset. If you're seeing the person next to you do really well, like it can really... Um, hinder your enthusiasm which then can make you stop so growing together at the same pace I, it it's it's going to be very difficult 
Um, I just think you need to emotionally manage whether you're the person ahead of the game or the person behind. Um, having that like sh- family goal and staying strong to that, it may take you longer to get there. Um, but sick of being upsold at gyms. My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. It's all about grace and effort. Grace yeah. and effort. Yeah, that's and what a nice I mean way is, of putting it. If the person is ahead of you, then they need to see that you're putting in the effort. Yeah. Like if you're not putting in the effort to grow and get better, that's a problem. Mm. But if they see that, all right, right now I'm the one that's ahead, but I really see that they're trying. I really see that they're making effort. Like then you have the grace mm-hmm. to give them that time and space to catch up. And part of grace is knowing inevitably at some point that's you. At some point, you need grace. Mm. And that's like a big thing. You know, I was talking to one of our employees before the holiday. They were really having like this emotional moment because they were afraid that I was going to think that they weren't working hard and which didn't cross my mind, not with this person because they're a fucking beast. But I was like, look, one day I'm going to be in your shoes. I'm going to be the one mm. emotional. I'm going to be struggling. And at that moment, I want your grace so badly that I'm going to, without hesitation or question, extend you grace in those moments where you need it. Mm-hmm. And it's like it really becomes this tit-for-tat thing where it's like when, when you show empathy, compassion, understanding, grace, all of that, then hopefully the other person feels so good in those moments and so cared for that they will want, like actively want to do the same for you. That's like part of what makes a relationship worth all the compromise is that when my time comes, I will have that moment. And you should like, as the one who's in the lead at that moment, that should be one of the most awesome things is like rad. I get to show this person how into them I am and how Mm. much I want to like buoy them and help them feel good and feel better about themselves. And like those moments to me are some of the most fun. When you get to be the one giving grace, when you could Mm -hmm. be demanding and be like, yo, I'm in the lead here. I'm making more money or I'm, you know, the one that's really got their head screwed on tight. But those are the moments where you most need to be extending that hand, helping them back up and like relishing that you're confident enough to want to build the other person up because being in the lead feels rad. But if you take advantage of that, and you just want to stay in the lead. It's like one of the greatest things I ever heard about leaders. Leaders create other leaders. Mm. They don't just reign over people. They create other leaders, which means you have to be open to following. And when you can be in a leadership position, and this has been my story as a CEO, has been coming from the bottom, being like the employee that nobody expected anything from, becoming one of the owners in the company, working my way all the way up to being the CEO of my own company and in that moment trying to distribute power to other people so they could feel good, so they could mm-hmm. rise up, not lording it over people and only with the most judicious use. Because look, I'm not afraid to make a decision and at the end of the day I have to lead, but only stepping into that and doing that when I feel that this, the safety of the company is on the line. 
And if people can do that in their relationship, want other people to rise up, not be afraid to follow, Mm. not be afraid to lead either, but not be afraid to follow, Mm -hmm. then beautiful things happen. Because it's going to rotate throughout that relationship depending on certain situations. Like you said, there's going to be moments where you need someone to lead or, you know, or you need to follow. But like the one thing that this actually also, which I hear a lot, and for some reason it just really hit me just now, is like, you know, when you inevitably, or some people inevitably grow apart. And it's interesting how we all do see things as like, it just happens. Like it it never just happens, right? If you're always communicating about your wants, your desires, your your pain, your pain points in your life, the things that are stressing you out, like unless you're always communicating that, um, eventually you will grow apart, but it never happens overnight. So if you're aware that um, that type of thing can happen, how often do you check in with your partner, right? Like it needs to be weekly for sure. Um, and if for whatever reason it can't be weekly because, you know, you've got kids or you've got business or whatever, then make it a point to do it every two weeks or every three weeks. Because I refuse and I remember thinking this when someone first is like, oh, you're not the person I want to use. Like, thank the Lord I'm not. It just made me realize, wow, we really do all grow in little ways every day. And it's like a, um, a kid growing up, right? If you don't see a kid for two years, you're like, oh, my God, you've changed so much visually. But if you see an adult and you, ha- or you haven't seen those people for two years and you see them again there's no visual element to see their change so you don't necessarily think of them as having changed and i think that's what happens in relationships you just see each other every day you don't necessarily communicate you don't have those discussions and before you know it two years have passed and they've actually emotionally changed um but you haven't seen it coming so now they seem like a completely different person yeah god this is an almost endless question of things that we could touch on um, but you've got to value change. You've got to want to see your partner grow. They've got to value change in you. They've got to want to see you grow. You've got to communicate the ways in which you're growing well. You've got to communicate the ways in which you're not. So um, hmm. both of us have had to pull the other person aside and say you're hardening too much. And like because you've said that to me, I'm like hyper vigilant for that in my own personality. And seeing like little changes in myself where it's like, whoa, I am like, I'm getting too um, tough, too um, stoic, but not in like the cool stoic philosophy way into like not showing emotion, Mm -hmm. always being, you know, um, it's not that you're being too even keel, but like that you're, you're leaning too much on your ability to to gut check and muscle your way through something. And they're the, at least for us that has come at the cost of playfulness, Mm. which is something that we value. And so being willing to say that to your partner and also just being willing to communicate things that you enjoy, that you like, even if you're um, not secure about them, you think that maybe you shouldn't be into it like video games for a long time. I was like worried that like I wasn't working hard enough if I was playing video games and or I think of you as like a kid. Right. But I was just like, oh, fuck it. Yeah. I like him. I like playing. And then us doing that together has ended up being something really special. But you have to like own who you are, own what you want, communicate it, uh, be open to feedback and seeing that none of us change and grow in the, the 
always the best ways possible. Like you're changing, you're growing in a hundred mm-hmm, different mm-hmm, dimensions mm-hmm. and some of the changes are bad and some of the changes are good. Some of them may help you in one way, like toughening up really helped me in business, but then there were elements of it that did not help me in my marriage. And so really? like being open and not just being like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like I've had to do this. Like, don't you love this house that we're in? You Why? know what I mean? And responding like that, being like, whoa, okay, well maybe there's an element here that I haven't seen And that, like, that's another thing, like really getting into what's made us successful. It's in the moments of deepest pride over a change that I've made to myself, like toughening up, Mm -hmm. which was like really a source for me of like, whoa, I've come a long way from like the soft guy who was lazy and terrified of confrontation and all that. And then you being like, yeah, but now it's gone too far. The thing that I'm like most proud of. Right. And then to in that moment be like, oh shit, like maybe there's an element here that I'm not seeing and I need to be open to that as well. And I forget the study, but there was like the people that are successful, like one of the things that they do is they can hold two competing ideas in their head at the Mm. same time. So this thing like toughening up is like the thing that's made me powerful and helped me grow. Oh, but by the way, it's also the thing that's potentially going to fuck up your relationship. And so now you need to be able to do both. And as the wife who saw that in you, I knew, okay, you were proud of it. Like it's brought you to where you are now. So to just like diminish it or say, you know, I can't believe who you are now. Like that won't help because you're proud of it. But at the same time, it's not making me feel good because you're bringing that into, let's say, the home environment. And so I remember thinking, how do I approach this? Right. It has to be a moment where you're not stressed. It has to be a moment where I can like kind of look at your vibe and be like, are you open to talk? because you've got to want to be in a talking mood because if you don't then that's a bad time to mention it Um, and then also another thing that I had reminded myself before that was don't go into it like I'm attacking him right it needs to be this is why it's bad for us as a couple and there needs to be no like aggression so I remember saying to you like I love you so much. And one thing when we first met, I can't remember if these were the exact words, but it was pretty much on point. When we first met, like, I loved how, like, you were, you're very sweet and, you know, you make me feel a certain way. But recently, I get it because you're under a lot of stress, because these things are happening in the company, in our life. I understand why you are like this, but I'm feeling like I'm not connecting with you as much anymore because when I do, you bring a certain aggression to the table and that doesn't make me feel good. That doesn't make me feel loved. That doesn't make me feel connected to you. I understand why, but we need to do something about it, right? So, and that's how I approached it. It's like breaking it down, not being aggressive, not being um, like you need to change, understanding it from your perspective, but saying why it doesn't work for me. Or why that doesn't work for us in our relationship. Um, and so I think that part paired with the fact that you're so willing to hold two competing ideas in your head that we were able to maneuver and work through that and you realizing and us over time. You know, and th- then even that, it's almost like then we start to go into kind of training mode, right? Where it's like, I then try to show you, oh, see that tone that you just used? That's the tone that I mean. But I don't say like, that's what I mean. I'm like, oh, you see how you said that word? That actually is the word that stung me. Or that's the way that you said it just now. That's what I was talking about the other day. Kind of just giving an examples and vice versa. I mean, I've done that too. Um, Yeah, and just to really contradict something we said earlier, for those that really want the advanced class, not being punitive with stuff like that. Like... 
while punishment has its place, you have to be so fucking careful with it. And something like that, where you're trying to point something out where you think that they can improve, like you said, it's not like, that's exactly it. See, you're doing it right there. Fuck you. Mm -hmm. It's not like that. It's like, you've got to want them to win. And the other person who, the one that has to change has to want the other person to get the partner that they deserve and want to be right. Mm -hmm. Like you've got to want that for them as well. And so it's like, whoa, if I'm doing something that is, even if it's helping me with something else, but it's diminishing their sense of self or the connection or whatever, like you've got to want to make that change. And then do that almost change together. Like I would say, you know, what is it that you need? Do you need that time to transition from a business to speaking to me as your wife? And if so, like if it's hard for you to, because we work in our house, if it's hard for you to go from one room to another, because for me, the rooms are what help me mm. mentally separate things. Like once I'm in the bedroom and you turn to me for work, I kind of give you a dirty look. So I'm like, I'm in my sanctuary room. <laughs> All right, a bit of a stinking eye. Um, do I say that? The stink, stink eye. eye. The stink yeah. eye, yeah. Stinky eye. Um, so, yeah. So, for me, it's space, right? It's once we're in the bedroom, please don't talk to me about work. Um, and But for you, it's not. So, what is that thing for you? And understanding, like, okay, it's, if you've just come out from a meeting and then you're talking to me, your mind is still in that mode. All right, babe. So, do you need me to give you 30 minutes space, right? From the last meeting that you've had to when we're hanging out, like we get that specific of what does that person need? And as the partner who wants to see you succeed, how can I help you get there? Um, and that with, we do that both ways, right? We did that with my sickness, with my health situation. We were in it together with my growth, with your growth, like everything we do, we try to team up and help each other versus like, yeah, you need to work on that attitude. Mm. That doesn't help. Church church all that's right. it i think that is it <laughs> <laughs> all right guys yeah. thank you so much for joining us always always meaningful and if we're adding value if you could rate and review on itunes or your podcast app of choice that would be huge that'd be we've really... got a goal we're trying to crack that top 100 podcast all across itunes it would be amazingly helpful yeah if you would do that really thank you so much and um just also trying to crack my crack my own social Word. at Lisa Billu on Instagram and at Women of Impact. If you guys want to get on that uh, female empowerment stuff, and then also um, at Tom Billu, which I guess is where people are listening to this in a way. Indeed, Impact Theory. But, Indeed. All, all right, guys. Thank you so much. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be a legendary. Yes, us. Wow, the Greek. Yes, us. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.